Yeah, we're getting rid of the envelope Seven here, but, um, envelope What we could do here darkness. is go ahead and play the envelope. Uh, all three pitches of envelope and darkness. Hey, welcome to the Runaways podcast, or uh, maybe we're the envelope podcast, just to really upset everybody. Uh, but my name's Cody. I'm joined today by Dan, Lucas, and then the man of the hour. We have Ethan Poolside hanging out. Mr. Levi himself. Pina Colada off screen as well. <laughs> Uh, but before we get into the exciting realm updates that we have, I figure uh, we can go around, say a little bit about yourself for people who don't know. This is our, you know, first ever <laughs> podcast as a team. But if Dan, if you want to start off. Yeah, for sure. What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm Daniel Rakowski, as Cody said. I've uh, been a Flesh and Blood gamer for like two and a half years, I think, since Monarch Unlimited. Uh, I helped form and establish the runaways and and grow it to what it is now with the help of all these guys and the rest of the team um i did pretty well in a couple big events last year uh fourth place at world second at nationals uh and now i just like to play max you were the fi guy and now you're the max That's important. Guy. yeah I, I was the fi guy uh yeah. i might still be i'm not really sure i don't really play fi much anymore but now max is my best friend i guess Lucas? Hi guys, I'm Lucas Oswald. Uh, I've been playing Flesh and Blood for a couple of years since uh, around the same time that Dan started. Uh, I've been a member of the Runaways uh, since uh, Pro Tour 3. Uh, this year in FAB, I've had a few results with uh, calling top eight at US Nationals top eight and then a couple of battle hardened wins. Um, and now I am a Prism main. So, yep. <laughs> you did bring Prism. That's me. You did have that good soul. win on stream. I did, yeah. I won that. If yeah. anybody was confused, I've had a lot of people asking me whether I won the game yeah. or not. It was unclear. <clears throat> Sweet. And then I guess I'm up next. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I'm someone who wins have uh, been very elusive these past couple of years that I've played Fab. But this was a very good weekend for me, so I'm back to being talk of the town, baby. I'm Mansant, the top four Leviathan player that you might have seen from uh, the Realm Rumble this past weekend. It's been a long time coming. I have a couple PQ, PQ wins, a couple RTN wins with her, uh, but never really scratched the top cuts of any of these other uh, bigger events yet until now. So I'm feeling good. This is my year, people, and it's been a long time coming. I've been playing Flesh of Blood since uh, basically Crucible Unlimited came out in the US. It was like kind of where I really kicked off. So that was like late summer, like two years ago, something like that. Um, and I've just been obsessed with Leviah ever since. Sweet. You did have a great showing this weekend. Finally uh, showed everyone that Leviah is a real deck. I have been saying the same thing, I think, since a little bit before Worlds. You and I have been talking about how great Leviah actually is. Uh, mm -hmm. It is my deck until Heavy Hitters, and hopefully after Heavy Hitters. We'll see what we get on that set. Uh, but I am Cody. I was once good at this game back when Chain was around, and that is what most people know me for. Now I just scrub around the, the cash in most majors, and uh, hopefully I find a deck eventually that lets me break back through. But uh, intros out of the way. Let's talk a little bit about news for this week before we jump into the realm. Uh, the big news this week is LL changes in Blitz. We finally have gotten rid of Ira. Ira, who has been around for pretty much the entire length of the game, finally gone. You can play value decks again. Everyone can play value blitz decks if they want. They don't immediately lose to Ira just decking them out and going, 
Block, block, Kadachi, Kadachi, big swing. So what do we think? What do we think of Ira being gone? Well, uh, it's caused a lot of confusion. I've seen on Twitter people asking, yeah. are the welcome decks still legal? <laughs> 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 I would I would hope there's, I mean, come on, that's truly one of the best ways to uh, intro people to the game is is those Ira decks. Uh, and it, it will be a bit confusing now to tell people, well, hold up, kind of the buck stops there. You can play this intro format. You can't really take her to Blitz. You can play her in UPF, but you can't take her to Blitz. And then she doesn't even exist in adult form at all. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm hoping that because of um, you know the LL there, they do bring her back in some capacity. She's such a, a mainstay like face and name in Flesh and Blood. I, I will I will miss her. So what you're saying is they need to make new welcome decks. Oh yeah. Yeah, forget this like three of thing that right because like those came out when Blitz didn't even exist yet, so they're they're still a bit funky, sure. Yeah, so LSS, you have to make new welcome decks because you banned your girl, I was gone, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's the next step. I think it opens up a lot for Blitz personally, yeah, uh, because there's a lot of like those mid rangey decks that just can't play the game because Ira just outvalues you at all times. Uh, it's been said a bunch if Ira was legal in. Uh, CC, it would be a very highly played deck. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, you know, something a little different from, from Blitz to CC is most of the time the Blitz decks don't transfer, but this would be one of the ones that I think would take over CC if it existed. I think it frees up a lot. And, and in the last couple of weeks, we've seen a ton of things LL. So it's been a bunch of shakeup, but anyone else have any thoughts on Ira going away? Do you guys think we get a Blitz LL format or tournament? <laughs> I hope so. In the future? I think that'd be I cool. hope not. No, I feel like no we must, no? I don't think we'd see a whole lot of Ira, but uh, I think it'd be an interesting format to <laughs> That's play. Fair. It would be nothing but Viserai, and Yanji would win every event again. Yeah, so, all yeah. Viserai. No, I think these LLs are like super healthy. Like The Blitz format has been... Has anything LL'd before like the past season? Yeah, I, I think mean, just we had Oldham, 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 Oldham and Viserai were the big three that LL'd. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it's just been so slow otherwise. I feel yeah. like it's good. Yeah, make Max more playable in that format. Yeah, I mean the the one the the few yeah. callings that Blitz actually had were team events, so they didn't even award LL points. Mm. So yeah, and they did uh, critically remove a Blitz as part of the Worlds format this year, right? So mm -hmm. yeah. the kind of the the heavy injection of points into the format, um, a lot of people thought would be lacking, and then with the skirmish now like awarding what like four points per win or something. Yeah. We're seeing not just like what an extra 200 points to the top deck would do, but now with all of that kind of spread around the pool, there were a lot of decks that were really close. So I'm a, I'm a big fan, honestly, of how fast it's moving because um, I, yeah, I wouldn't really go out of my way to play Blitz too, too often. Uh, but with the variety and kind of the speed at which it's mm -hmm. changing, it kind of sparks that creative, like deck building part of me that wants to you know, try a new format this week, a new format this week, a new format this week, which probably doesn't appeal to everyone, but I, I find it pretty fun, I think. I mean, there's still like 30 heroes left yeah. that's yeah. playable in Blitz. It's like ridiculous, yeah. the amount of things you can play. I know in my skirmish this weekend, I'm playing Levia, so that'll mm -hmm. be fun. Unless Reinar, for some reason, steals me back, but it's probably just going to be Levia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think um, having your, your local Blitz scene not be stale is like a huge gain. Mm-hmm. So we are going to do a one-time section. I know it's the first podcast, but we're only we're going to do a section only one time, maybe. Uh, and it's Dan really hates a card and just really wants to talk about it. Section. 
So, Dan, I'll let you talk about this card that you really want to complain about. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't even thought about this card that much. I, I just saw a picture, and my immediate reaction was, fuck this card. Um, <laughs> I don't know if cursing's okay, but here we go. Uh, I don't even know the name of the card. It's a new Azalea specialization. It says, if this has a name counter and hits, you discard all but one cards. Um, I guess, playing heavily in the, the Starvo meta, I've grown kind of opposed to having to be forced to discard my cards often, and just seeing another effect of that in the game made me a little upset. It's called Judge, Jury, and Executioner, just for yeah. the record. There we go. Very cool, man. Yeah, it's an Azalea specialization. I think it's legendary, at least, so it's like it a... Is. It is very legendary. like a tutor target, right? Yeah, you're getting it with Knock the Death Whistle and then Memorial Grounds once you get it back, but you're not going to just draw mm -hmm. it and play it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of another red, right? If you knock it. Into the aggro decks, yeah. Into mm -hmm. things yeah. like Guardian, it's it's even better. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, well, because when you hit with red in the ledger, your opponent can still attack you with uh, Crippling Crush. And when you hit with this card, and your opponent line. cannot attack you with Crippling Crush. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, that's the big one. Yeah. No, I think it's very good against the fatigue or like blockout decks or just big mm -hmm. attack decks but it's mm -hmm. also really good against aggro like yep. there's no world where i want this thrown at me like yeah. late in the game even so even if they don't tutor it and they just like see it later uh if it opens up great bow or if they flip it off the top i never want to see this card being thrown at me with the name counter on it mm -hmm. yep. i don't want to have to block yep there's enough things i have to block you're always waiting when you're playing against azalea just waiting for a turn i don't have to block mm -hmm. what turn do i not have to block yeah. Yep. You I've become very opposed to uh, just enjoying any part of the Azalea gameplay experience. <laughs> uh, you know, playing into it just because of that exact statement. Uh, it really does feel like sometimes you are waiting for the Ranger Hand. And if they just don't find the Ranger Hand and instead find five pumps and an arrow, which is like possible with like how Death Dealer works, um, man, deck is just kind of crazy. Uh, so it sounds like you have firsthand experience, but how it feels <laughs> in a high-level match to play against an Azalea, hmm. an Azalea that just doesn't miss and sees all three codex uh, within like the upper third of the deck, even after okay. shuffling. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, like, tell, yeah. talk all about it. <laughs> I'm sure we will soon. Okay, uh, last little bit of news before we actually talk about the realm is we do have the battle-hardened uh, Orlando coming up this weekend. Uh, which is super exciting because we have Yuanji casting. So we got a Runaways guy on there, which is always always great. And then obviously it's being brought by the best production company that mm -hmm. we have, the best streaming company. So you, you know that the production is going to be great because we have Savage Feats. Dang right. Yeah. That's why uh, I'm living it up lavish. I'm, I'm getting ready for the <laughs> Orlando weather uh, out here in Ohio. Uh, <laughs> it's it's going to be awesome. I... Uh, I'm not going to be streaming Sunday. Sunday is just like a sealed event, and Sunday is also when the coaxing is happening, uh, which I know has like a pretty fun and engaging live stream plan. So we're just going to be covering the Battle Harden itself on Saturday, and uh, I just have such a good time when Yanji is a part of the cast because I'm learning so much just from like sitting there and mm. watching his expertise unfold um, and just the way that he follows the match with the excitement levels of it all and just. Oh, he's he's very good. So I'm I'm excited because I'm going to learn so much, even though I'm not going to get to play. Uh, so yeah, that'll be this weekend, and that's pretty much a wrap for the 2023 season. Um, I don't think there's another. I mean, like skirmish season is done that weekend. That's the last battle hard in the season, 
and then it's just everyone grinding for Squizzy and Floof for the rest of the year. Yeah, and then you finally get a break because you've been going nonstop True. for the last several months. Every event, it's been great. Uh, it's, it's awesome to have such a good coverage uh, at all of the Battle Hardens, uh, even though they're smaller events. And uh, it's been it's been really good. So I'm looking forward to this to kind of cap out the year. Uh, but let's finally talk about Realm. Uh, that was what happened this last week. There was a 20K, a 10K, a Team Sealed. Uh, a lot of people didn't get to see anything of the 10K. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't get to see anything of the Sealed. I don't even know if the people who won were announced or the top eight was announced besides Michael Fang winning the 10K. That's about the only thing I ever heard. I was here at home uh, watching the stream and I was just like, give me updates, please. Yeah. I need some updates. So yep. I am excited to hear some of the stories. We definitely want to start with Lucas, though, on the having the balls to bring Prism, yeah. which is good, and get on stream and mm -hmm. get the win on stream. Yeah. And then we never heard from you again. So if you don't <laughs> mind, Lucas, <laughs> can you let everyone know how your weekend went, why you brought Prism? Do you think it was a good decision? Uh, let us know what your thoughts. Yeah, uh, so my weekend went all right. Uh, the 20K did not go as well as I had hoped. Uh, I started off 3-0. Uh, I beat, uh, obviously, Jacob Bau on stream and then Matthew Dilks on Dash.io uh, the round after. So beating some good competition with the deck on some strong decks. Uh, unfortunately, I then proceeded to lose the next three games. Uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, decks teching for Illusionist got me. And then, uh, you know, I played into a Dromai and... It's not what we were looking for. Um, but I finished off the 20K 4 and 3. Uh, and then I ran her back at the 10K the next day. Um, I won the first round. Uh, and then I actually, unfortunately, lost the next two rounds uh, to Dromai uh, and another Dash. Uh, very good player on Dash, Matt Coles. Um, and then I won all my rounds for the rest of the tournament, except for the last round where I lost to another Dash. Um, the uh, his name is Aiden from Three Floating. I'm sure a lot of our viewers are familiar. Good dash player, beat me up. Uh, so I finished the weekend nine and six overall. I went four and three, and then five and three. Um, I felt pretty good about the deck going in. Uh, I felt like I was pretty strong into a lot of matchups, um, things like Assassin, Bravo, uh, and then also Ninja. I felt very favored into specifically Katsu, and then I felt pretty good in Defy as well. Um, obviously, Prism has two weaknesses right now. Um, the big one is Dromai. Um, and then potentially uh, OG Dash can be difficult, especially if, if their cards line up right and they can play things like High Octane and, and draw their poppers. Um, but I felt like she was a good choice. Um, she was a surprise. And uh, even though I didn't get as much testing as I would like, I didn't play perfectly and my deck wasn't perfect, I had a lot of fun. And uh, the deck impressed me a lot at times. Um, I felt like sometimes I was just doing the most powerful thing in the game and it wasn't even close, you know, on... I'd swing a Herald of, or uh, a Figment of Erudition, the, the other side, the Soraya. I'd draw two cards, and it would be like a blue card and a Wartoon Herald, and I get to Luminaris and then play the Wartoon Herald. And it's just, it's actually, you know, just ridiculous value plays like that. Um, so I, I had a lot of fun, and I'm excited to see where she goes in the future uh, with any support that she might get and maybe a, a meta shift. I think she is definitely one of the strongest decks, and we could see her, her time in the Sunbeam very soon. I know you and I worked on the Prism deck a little bit before you went to Realm because mm -hmm. um, I've been playing it as well. And I think it it's a lot stronger than people think it is, especially yeah. uh, with, you know, Lexi gone, uh, which was an okay matchup. Mm -hmm. um, but then also with Icelander leaving, which is really nice mm -hmm. as well. Uh, but 
It's not Dromai's not a bad matchup. It's an impossible matchup. It's like it's zero percent, yeah. right? Uh, I think it's, with the deck that I registered, it is pretty much zero percent. Um, I think that you can build Prism to have. It's never going to be good. It's never going to be favored. I think you can get her to maybe 30, 30 35, 40 percent. Yeah. But you have to basically dedicate your entire sideboard and some portion of your main board to it, and that's just not a winning formula if you plan on beating anything else. So if you want to be 30% into Dromai and 10% into everything else, you're you're welcome to build your Prism deck like that. Uh, but I think it's probably better right now just to sacrifice the Dromai matchup and, uh, and move on. Do we actually know what was the Dromai representation in this kind of like post-Icelander world? Because Dromai used to be like yeah. either number one or number two. I I Almost believe, nonstop. I believe it was the second most played deck in the 20k, if I heard right, and then I have no idea about the 10k. Bravo was number one, I believe. Yes, yeah. I do I don't that. think we saw 10k numbers. I don't, I don't think we saw least. 10k numbers. Uh, I'd like to know. I guess February tells us, right? If you do the there right. was at least one prism. <laughs> I'll tell you that. There was at least True. one prism. There was three max, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, I know everyone got hyped when they saw prism on stream. Mm -hmm. I was in the chat, reading all the chat while, while you were playing, mm -hmm. and uh, everyone was very excited. No, everyone was confused if you actually won the game at the end, which is, yeah. you know, always great. I did Keep, you, you did actually win. Mm -hmm. um, but I am excited to see what Prism does, especially with like the next set coming out and the heroes that are notoriously Prism is usually good into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Warrior so, is, I think, her best matchup in the game. Um, maybe Assassin, but uh, Guardian as well is, is pretty mm -hmm. strong if you put the slots into it. Root. You know, is is also there. Um, I'm sure That's there's nice some work that you can put into to uh, make that matchup better. But um, yeah, she's she's super rewarding. She's super fun. She's really hard to play, which is all the stuff that I like in a flesh and blood deck. So I'm excited to play more Prism in the future. Yeah. So maybe not the last time we see some Prism out of the Lucas. Yeah. Okay. So next, let's go over to Dan. Dan, you brought Max this time. Five wins worlds. Dan says, "I'm not a five player." <laughs> I'm only playing Max, and uh, came out of nowhere. We are in, just for the background, just for the people watching, the background is we are, we're in the Discord, like in the Runaways Discord. We're talking about what everyone's going to play at Realm, and everyone's picking the normal stuff. Dromai, we have, we have our Levia, we have Random Prism from Lucas, uh, and then out of left field, we just have Dan. I'm playing Max. No one's <laughs> ever seen him play Max. He's not tested with any of us with Max at all. It just comes in, I'm playing Max, and just starts grinding games. So, how did you come to the conclusion to play Max? Yeah. What did you think, and how did your tournaments go? Yeah, sounds good. So the landing on Max was, I guess, a little interesting. So I was, like most people, I was going to play a slider at this event. Or not most, like a lot of people. Mm. Um, I was pretty sure she was going to LL winning. There's like one battle hardened before the event, and she had to win exactly that one. And I was like, already convinced she would, and she did. Um, Which, was, for the record, by the way, I feel like that was amazing because it really made the realm unique in its own right. Oh, and like, what a way to not only end the year, but give us like this really unique experience of such a short window to like crack this metagame before heavy hitters changes yeah. it altogether. Yeah, like, I really appreciated the timing of it. Yeah, this is the only event with this meta. I mean, I guess uh, the Battle Harden in Orlando, but I mean, this yeah. is the big one. I mean, I think it caused like complete nonsense at this event, and it was amazing. Like, <laughs> hey, you take had, that back. I kept saying it over the weekend, like you have the best North American players, and we're just playing absolute jank against each other and like having a blast. Like Lucas yeah, played, played Prism, I played Max, <laughs> like, and we're not the only ones. Like everyone was the just playing deck. the deck that they vibed with the most, and it was awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Icelander LLs. Um, 
I have what, like six days after that to figure out what I'm doing. Um, Phi was always the backup deck as it is for my entire career, probably until he LLs. Um, I played three games of Leviathan first. Play, by the way, say again. So the, it's the backup deck you never play. Yeah, I played Fatigue like two tournaments. Ago. <laughs> what do you every, mean? Every, every every event starts with Dan testing Fi and then saying, yeah. "This is my backup deck," and then never touching yeah. it again after mm-hmm. the first week. No, it's the same cycle every event. Like okay. <laughs> if you test Fi, you probably experience this too. Your first like two days on Fi, you feel incredible. You feel like a god. Like you're the best flash and blood player. You just attack, attack, attack. They die. Then you start hitting like consistency issues and it starts feeling bad and you get frustrated and you start playing worse and then you drop the deck. I do this for every event. It takes about four to five days to get out of my system and then I move on. And there's um, always exactly 127 cards in your deck list when you're building. <laughs> Correct. Um, but yeah, no. So at first I played like three games of Leviah because um, I believed in the guys and what they were saying. Like the deck is appealing to me. I think Husk and the Leviah consumed flip are like two of the most powerful things in Flesh and Blood right now. Um, I played three games. I didn't really vibe with it. Um, and with the short window, I wanted to try other things. Um, it's. I think if I had like two weeks to a month, I would have just slammed Leviah because I really did believe in that deck for this event. Um, then I kind of just, I don't know why, like, I mean, like most of us, I think about Flesh and Blood way more than I should. And like Max just popped in my head. Um, I had like a side conversation with Jacob Ball at some other battle hard we were at. Um, just talking about my love for Max and like um, draft. And I, I was like talking about how I don't think he was good enough for CC. And I remembered I was playing like a complete jank um, nine gigawatt just swing Banksy deck. And he told me like, no, like Max is actually a really good deck. And that, that's kind of where we left off. And then it just like popped in my head one day. I was like, wait, I want to make a suit easily. And just that's what it was. He, was. he was like expressing like how easy it is to make the suit. And I never actually tried the deck. Um, so I just like jammed a couple games. I grabbed Chris Hiley's list from Worlds. Um, and I was like, wow, this is really fun. Like, it's very consistent. Like, I love being able to pitch a red and boost. And now I have $3 because of hyper drivers are the best. <laughs> um, I mean, that was honestly it. Like, I just had fun the first, like, couple games and, like, immediately realized the power of the suit. You get that out against aggro, you win the game on the spot, unless you're, like, under six health. Um, then I played, like, some of the slower matchups, and I realized that you just win if you make the suit and resolve two high octanes in the same turn. Um, and I love playing decks that are, like, fatigue-resistant or have a good game plan there. Um, unfortunately, I didn't realize the impact of uh, Brutes fatiguing you uh, during testing. <laughs> we'll come back to that later. Um, and Ethan was kind enough to spill the beans on his deck tech. You should check that out. His Leviathan deck tech is actually a very good video. Um, but he does mention <laughs> how to play against mechs in that video, uh, which was my ultimate downfall at the event. Um, but yeah, that's how I learned on Max. I just, I just like the deck. Like It was that simple. I like the deck. I thought it was strong. Uh, I love that the team doubted me and thought I was crazy for choosing this deck. So I had some motivation to perform and be like, hey, look at this. Look at this cool thing I did. Um, and then you proved us wrong by top eighting, right? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. So day, day one day one was rough for me. So I like I lost the first three rounds of the 20K, which meant I was dead on the spot. Um, and it was just like the weirdest variance like 
it, it's normal to lose a game to bad luck, but it was like the most narrow cases that like I didn't even think could happen. It was just like whiffing on like three consecutive hands, like having no red card. Um, it was just weird stuff. Like my C would be the bottom 10 cards of my deck, like all three copies. So after the third loss, I was like, wow, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I like made a horrible mistake and I just threw my my 45k weekend away playing playing this silly deck that I just like a little bit. Um, I won the next three rounds and then I lose the last round to a draw my. Um, but we were like full play test mode that game. Like I was telling him, like, I think you have this. I think you should play it this way this turn. He was telling me what to do. Like, should I pop your dragon or not? Um, but he beat me for Inscribe. Um, so I was done after that. Um, I went back home and I back to the hotel and I thought about changes for the 10K I would make. And I ultimately landed, ultimately landed on, uh, I subbed a boom grenade for like aggro decks and five. Um, I decided I just shouldn't play that card at all. I still kept it in the deck. And then I landed on, um, I was playing a copy of the Master Cog. Um, oh, baby. And I, I do kind of like the card, but I played a test game where I made the suit and then I died because I drew it. And I'm not okay with, say again? I said great oh, game. You. I just had no business yeah, yeah. winning and then you drew a no block. <laughs> like... Correct. And it, introducing a lose con to your win the game on the spot card it wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, so instead of cutting those cards for cards I was going to play, um, I, I left the boom grenade in and I swapped the master card for a popper and I just didn't have any plans of playing those cards. Um, I just wanted to avoid like playing cards I didn't test. Um, so I, I basically sub 60 or 78 cards for the 10k. Um, and that event went great. I should also highlight during the 20k in all seven rounds, I didn't build the mech suit once, which if you played the deck, it's really not that hard to make the suit. That's like kind of absurd that I went over seven. Um, but the first four rounds of the 10k, I make the suit all four games. I go 4-0. I'm feeling great. I'm like, this is it. I'm going to top with max. And then <laughs> I lose the next round to a five. Um, oh. It was just a super weird game. Like I like the five matchup quite a bit. It's obviously losable. Um, they can have big art of war turns before I build my suit. Um, we were both just like having super weird turns that you don't expect to see in the matchup. And then I just took too long to make the suit. Uh, it is what it is. He played well. He got me. Um, was it the top so, eight five player in the end or just a different? Five? No, it was a different five. Different. Um, yeah, no different guy. Um, so it's an eight round event. Uh, I'm four one after that. I win the next round to go to five one. Um, I now have a deterministic win in, um, just because of the, how it works. I have very good breakers if I do lose, but it's just how it works. I of course pair into teammate Pat Eschke, who is playing Ethan's deck. At least I know this and I practice against my brother who's on the same deck the night before, but they have almost an unbeatable game plan with the cards that I subbed against me. Um, that said, we had a pretty close game. Um, I, he hadn't like practiced the matchup, so he gave me his, um, what's the hat called, Ethan? Scaling flesh bag. Scaling flesh he gives bag. me his flesh bag on like, just a random turn. So I'm like, internally, I'm like, oh my god, I can actually win this game. Like I have a full chance now. Um, so I get the soon arsenal. I get two high octanes in hand. Um, I go to draw. I'm like, this is it. I get one chance here. I draw two reds. Um, so I just pitch those cards to my pistol. I try again. He arc smashes that turn. The game's over on the spot, basically. Um, cause he resets my drivers and now I'm at like eight or so health. Um, 
So was your game plan going into it to just kind of pitch a high-octane turn, like high-octane construct nitromechanoid all at once, like that's your only way to win? Or Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I believe with the cards I subbed, I cannot win unless I resolve the suit and two high octanes on the same turn with the twin drive to get to oh. like, the full action points. Okay. Um, yeah. So like early game, we're trying to chip. Yeah. And to clarify, you're saying play the suit on that turn. You're saying correct. high octane, high octane, twin drive. I have four floating, then I That's play a nitro yeah. mechanoid. Or play the yeah. mechanoid first, whatever. But on the same turn that you're comboing, you're correct. playing the suit. Yes. Ooh, so to do that, you need to have at least three hyper drivers on two counters. Yeah. <laughs> um, it almost believe I'm, looks I'm, like I'm pressing X for doubt right now. I don't know. About this. <laughs> so the reason it works is like Levi can't really pressure me without turning on blood debt. Oh yeah. So like I, ha I have enough space to like get there some amount of the time. I, I think actually a good amount of the time. Well, um, yeah. it never works if they have scaling flashback. Correct. The issue is the flashback. Um, so my game plan, if Pat didn't generously donate his flashback, was to <laughs> keep cycling and pitch stacking until I got four T bones out of the six of my deck in the same hand <laughs> like I, I don't think you can win otherwise so like this was my game plan i wanted to show so the two cards i didn't end up playing at all i wanted them to be magnetic shockwaves um but i didn't have them i had to borrow them i didn't want to bother the guys with it and it was actually pat who had the copies um so i think it's just say like no anyway good man maybe it's just like a little bit better than pitch stacking four t-bones but so, so, so basically, first cycle, you take the hat, and then second cycle, you get, like, an exact six-card stack. It's, like, pretty narrow. Um, yeah. So, lie. I mean, Max is favored in Delvai if you just draw four of your nine T-bones and then draw three exact cards and two blues in your second cycle and, and never die. Well, so exactly. I did beat a Levi earlier in the tournament. Um, they subbed the Husk, and they played a more aggressive game plan. Hmm. Yeah, and you just killed him with the suit? Yeah. Because it is kind of costly, right, to enact your game plan, Ethan. Like, you have to be playing... Uh, you have yeah, to have the, all cards that block in your sideboard. So you're not playing any no-blocks, and you have to play arc smashes. Yeah, the, the core of the deck has to be more conservative over, like, mm -hmm. the non-blocks you can run. And it also means you can't run, like, Mark of the Beast. And then your almost entire sideboard goes to swapping out the non-blocks for, like, a purely defensive package with, like, the arc smash. So not every build can just say, oh, I want to do this in the mm -hmm. mech. You have to completely adjust, like the entirety of how your deck is built. Um, but I think it is the right call uh, right now. I mean, you're well, hitting like four matchups. Everyone yeah, should make their own call, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. Um, Try to play the game into mech. It's it's fun, engaging. And then they pulse wave your blood rush. Doesn't matter. It's fun, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's... I, I went X1, and then I went in and I paired the actual unwinnable matchup with the person who knows the game plan. Unlucky. I don't know. I, I win the next round. I finished tenth, um, which I feel great about. I was just super disappointed because like this is the top eight run. No one knows how to play against my deck. Every opponent I played against, they're like, I don't know how to play against Max or what order to pick when I roll the, when the die roll. That was fun. Close. I had a good time though, regardless. Unlucky. That's unlucky. Unlucky. Say. Yeah. Well, you know who okay. was lucky. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Michael <Continue>. Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Uh, but next up, we do have Ethan, uh, definitely the man of the hour, taking Levia to... Is that the best finish? Well, so I I most hesitated cash? in the... That's the is that yes, the most cash Levia has ever won? Most cash by a mile. The one thing that I was hesitant to kind of like claim... The 
was uh, you know best finish or not because technically she's gotten second at some nationals. Uh, those nationals not being the biggest, you know, um, it was Ireland and then um, I believe like Slovenia. Uh, so pretty pretty small nationals, but she also then got top eight, like some larger nationals. So, you know, it's a hard metric to say like the best finish. It'd be easy if this was a calling and then you just say absolutely it's the best finish. Uh, but this has the prize pool attached to like kind of the mid-tier callings. A 20K is right in the middle of like where callings can be 10, 20, 30. Um, so in terms of like cash, yes, I, I now have the best result by far. Um, with with Levia. she she finally paid me back all that blood debt <laughs> turned into some real money this weekend so i'm i'm quite happy so you don't have to tell me why you brought levia uh you are ethan so you are bringing levia but uh Levia's, you can if you want yes. but i i would like to know uh how'd your how'd your day go how'd you feel uh overall how was your weekend uh okay well the particular build of Leviathan that I did bring this weekend was nuanced and actually did come from a lot of testing with uh, you, Cody, as well as Yanji, uh, Pat, um, and even like some input from Jesse. The direction I ended up taking the deck rather than just kind of slamming the same very like mid-range into like a recursion sideboard package that I just heavily prefer with Leviathan that I've been playing for so, so, so long, um, what actually kind of changed direction with the deck was input specifically from Yanji, where he complained about uh, the blues just not doing much if you drew them together. So how do you fix the blue base to kind of play well off of itself? And that's what led me to the Terra Limb from Limb specifically, where Leviah over Reinar has more blues, or blue sixes rather. Uh, so if you're trying to build around what to do in a full blue hand, uh, there is a high likelihood that Terra Limb from Limb is still like quite live to just slam. Uh, and critically, it also pays for itself. If you draw multiples of the Terra Limb from Limb, unlike some of the other non-blocks that uh, can be nombos, like Diabolic Offering, looking at you, you awful card, Double Reckless Swing, that kind of deal. The Terra Limb for Limb is a very playable effect that unlocks your turn and pays for itself. Uh, a lot of your turns, and you can see this as games played out on stream, a lot of your turns you can just take off, especially the early game. Just wait a second, you know, set your arsenal, block, fill your graveyard, and then take an actual five-card hand play with Terra Limb for Limb, with Blood Rush Bellow, uh, whereas normal Leviathans don't really get to play that way. A five-card hand is something they don't use very often. Was really what like changed this deck entirely for me. It's a play pattern that is like really fun to execute on. You really felt like you're playing the game. You're really engaging with a lot of like heavy blocking cycles into just finding a window and then smacking unbelievable amounts of damage uh, your opponent's way and catching them off guard because they also don't know the ceiling of a Terra Limb for Limb where all of a sudden your turn becomes like claw, uh, swing big, a 19 damage four-card play. Is just like insane. So I was really happy with the deck. I thought that that addition was really, really cute. And then Shade and Death Hydra had its own perks in this kind of solve of not needing the recursion package anymore to still be insurance versus a deck that is trying to block you out. You are just naturally pitching like blue convulsions, now some Shade and Death Hydras to just come in for 14 dominate is really the game plan with a ceiling of 26 off of Terra Limpherblim, which is the coolest play, the coolest play in the game, right? Yeah. That's like relevant. You were so opinion. close. Yeah. You were that there was that one game on yeah. stream. You were so close. Yeah. No. So one of the cool things about those like pitch stacks is they're not really pitch stacks. They're you're now just building a blue and a yellow base that is all naturally so strong together that the only thing you need to keep note of is okay. Did I actually find time to pitch 
a convulsion. So they actually find time to pitch a, a Shaden. And all of that is kind of naturally already close to the cards they want to be close to, which is a lot of resources. And I mean, that's what you're pitching every turn anyway. And it's a really unique axis for an aggro deck like Levi to play on. Uh, because if like a Fi is trying to build an end game like that, they need to take real off turns to pitch in a red, pitch in like an Art of War, whereas they don't really want to be doing that. They want to be burning through all this juice for a cycle and then their blues can potentially teeter out. Levi is like the complete opposite. She burns hard first cycle and then her blues and yellows are just like absolute end game insurance. It's incredible. So you just like really step on the gas. It's, it's very thematic. You step on the gas and then don't let up. It's like impossible for your deck to let up, especially if you um, kind of get your clunkers out of the way early and just refuse to play the game when you are given the clunky hands and then kind of assess the threats in your deck, kind of the ghost stack of, um, you know, knowing that if you double drew an Art of War, that can't happen again, right? And just like kind of feeling where your deck is power-wise and uh, just playing it out. Oh, it's just, it's such a fun deck to play. And I really thought this build was unlike anything else I'd played uh, before and had a really good plan into the mechs with this like pure fatigue package where, especially into like Dash IO, Aggro Dash and Max, you almost have a buy. Like I'm not going to call it 0% because they can still assemble like nuts turns into you, but it is just so hard for a mech deck to beat you when you are doing nothing but blocking, arg smashing, swinging claw. You're just, you're presenting them an impossible problem almost. Um, and just to know that you're hitting three matchups with the sideboard like that was incredible. Um, I think Pat said he got seven wits over the weekend just due to the sideboard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was telling me. Um, he had Pat some silly stat in the 20k that was like he beat like only mech and lost everything else. Yep. Like, <laughs> which is a testament to like how easy it is to just say you need to beat me uh, because mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, I'm presenting you with like an unlosable scenario. So like it's now on you. Like you got to figure something out because like there's no way I just like lose to my deck, right? Like when you play the fatigue version like that, Levi can't just self implode. And that's that's huge, um, but yeah, I across worlds and the twenty k, I think I also got maybe like five free wins into to mech from that, and they're just they're just not close. Um, so yeah, felt good with the sideboard, felt good with the overall game plan anyway, and obviously felt good with like the reps that I have on Levi going in, and then also felt good because this is a bit of that um, just have fun meta game, you know, nothing's really solved yet. People even the caliber of Dan are just showing up with Max, you know? So uh, I, I felt like it was Levi's time. But at the same time, I was really there for the cosplay. Like, I knew I was going to probably have, like, a decent run. I did pretty well with Levi and CC at Worlds X2. Um, but my expectation was not a top. My expectation was, like, a decent run, maybe get, like, top 16, uh, and then just have fun at the cosplay and hang out with friends. So as the day developed, um, and I just kept getting win after win, I felt, I felt like this was maybe it. Because all of day one, I was having just incredible games of Flesh and Blood. It started with a game against Dory uh, that was just the most mid-rangey, beautiful game you can play in Flesh and Blood. Uh, and it was a very solid win, and that just catapulted me into like uh, a really good day where I ended up 5-2. Um, I'd have to pull up the matchups specifically to remember them all, because it was a lot of rounds, people. We were talking like 14 rounds into then the extra two I played in Top Cut. But I know I beat a Dorinthia round one, um, a Katsu round two, a Phi round three, 
Uh, I then played against Brian Lorenz, a former teammate of mine, uh, where he was on Tree Frog Dash on stream. And this was my wake-up call that like games are still losable. Because even though I really felt like that game was like 90% of the time in my favor, it came down to like that critical mistake of not checking in with myself of like, how do I lose the game? I knew how I was going to win the game. I had that pitch since like, you know, turn three, like the convulsions Hydra. But what I didn't check in with myself was how do I potentially lose between like right now and like the two hands it's going to take for me to get there. And Leviah is a deck where you constantly need to check in on that kind of stat. And I ended up losing the game because I basically swapped my arsenal. I, I arsenaled the Hydra instead of arsenaling the convulsions and um, just threw that game away. But it was a good wake up call uh, because it, that was one of those situations truly where it's like I lost the game uh, and it wasn't even like a variance play. It was like a, a skill issue, right? So I appreciated that loss, and especially because it was against Brian, um, who, like I said, former teammate. Uh, then I played against Majin Bay round five on Kano. And this was a hilarious game because uh, I can't help it. Uh, I, I, if I assume the matchup's like an auto loss, I'm just going to get like a little salty about it. And Kano is supposed to be like an auto loss for how this deck was built. You know, my sideboard is not built to add more draw discard, more proactive graveyard fill. It's there for mech. Uh, so I just sat down and basically said, all right, Majin, like, congrats on, you know, <laughs> congrats on the win. Uh, but we play our game and I tap out on like turn two and I have like a, it's a blood rush turn, but it's like a terrible blood rush turn. Like it's claw claw wrecker romp. So like you never want to do that. And I've tapped myself out of all resources. I'm at like 32 or something. And he goes, oh, what are you at 32? Oh, okay, uh, GG, I have game. He goes through his combo, and he goes Lesson in Lava, Kano, Kano, Ragamuffins, swaps the Wildfire on top, plays the Wildfire, resolves the first Kano, and then realizes, oh my god, I was supposed to Kano, Lessons, Kano, Wildfire, and instead he Lessons, Kano, Kano. So he just sits there and he's like, I think, I think I've lost. Because, you know, everything's committed at this point. His full hand, his Storm Starters, everything. So sure enough, the combo doesn't deal 32. It deals like 18 or whatever. Uh, and then I win on the next turn. So that was just, hey, I punted on stream. I'll take a punt into me. So I take the win against Kano, which is really fortunate because I, I would have assumed that that was just like an auto loss otherwise. So I'm feeling ecstatic because I'm still X1 at this point, uh, even though I had like assumed X2, right? And it was just a trade of salt because I went into that, that one pretty unhappy. And then we went out of it <laughs> with Majin pretty unhappy. And he even kind of sat there at the end. He's like, let, 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 me, let, let me sit with this one, you know? So let me sit with this one. Because <laughs> obviously I was excited at the end of it. So uh, that was just a, a nice little spark of joy in the middle of the run. Uh, then round six, I played against uh, Yuki on Bolton. And this one was a unfortunate loss on not only my end, but a very fortunate draw sequence on her end. Um, I won the die roll, I believe, and, and chose to go second. That's for sure. Uh, and my hand was very unplayable. It was quad blue, with the only blue playable blue being uh, Deadwood Rumbler. So my only line, really, uh, because, uh, or no, sorry. It all started with uh, her attacking into me, and I had all non-blocks was the start of it, right? So I have to literally say no blocks into, like, her Bolt of Courage uh, and just, like, you know, ate some free damage, and I draw up, and, like, my hand does not cycle well at all. It's like a, it's like two blue Deadwood Rumbler, um, a doomsday and uh maybe the last one was like uh a slytherin or something i i forget it definitely wasn't a tear limb from limb 
So I'm looking at my hand, and it's just like, man, th this hand does not play. It has to be scabs angle, or we just kind of do nothing. Uh, so I roll scabs, and it hits a three. And I think about it, and knowing the bolt-in matchup, you don't really get room to roll scabs a lot, uh, because they are constantly like taking trades with you. So they don't really give you like an, you know, oops, here's your full hand moment. So I decide to go ahead and just break gamblers because in all the matchups I've played with Bolton, truly you roll scabs like maybe twice in that matchup. So I figured, you know what, there's like incredible payoff if I do hit here because I can turn my turn into like at least 12 damage going second uh, because it'll be like Deadwood Slithering or like Deadwood Claw Claw, something, something decent. So I break gamblers and it's a one. I go, okay, great. I can't filter my hand at all. I can't filter at all. I'll just like arsenal and keep these three non-blocks. Go ahead. Uh, and then the game just catapulted anyway into uh, Yuki before her second tunic counter, right? So this is like by turn five, has developed Soul of Arena and played all three Luminous. So honestly, if there was a game for me to like have bad variants, I'll, I'll take it as that game. I don't think that game was winnable regardless, uh, just because of how awful, um, or rather how good her draws were compared to mine. Uh, that was just a game I think I was going to lose no matter what, regardless of the bad variants on my end. There was a unique moment in that game where if Shadow or if Soul Harvest was not just a Shadow action, but also a Brute action, I could have come in for 18 with a Terra Lim for Lim play. And if that was possible, after her like third Lumina when she had like seven Soul developed, you know, I actually could have won the game. Uh, but it is a Shadow attack, not a Brute attack. So Terra Lim for Lim did not apply to Soul Harvest and had to take a, a different line. So that one bugs me now because Soul Harvest is like obviously categorically worse than uh, Soul Reaping. And then it's like not even reaching new heights with like the tear limb for limb inclusion. The card is still just like, it's okay. It's uh, it's not, it's not the showstopper I wish it was, especially with like Bolton's hanging around. Uh, but there we go. So that was a loss. And then my last round of day one, I played into a Bravo friend of mine, Anthony Vero, uh, and just won that game pretty easy. Uh, then day two with draft, I was in a pod with Yuki, uh, Yanji, Naib, Nathan Crawford, some pretty big freaking names, uh, and. <laughs> Not to harp too much on like how poorly this draft went, Bright Lights just like is not, it does not click with me at all. I meet Yanji in the O2 bracket, uh, which is awful because you know team kill and we're both like O2, which whichever one of us loses is like actually dead. Uh, and I felt just tilted out of my mind because I was the only dash in the pod. There were five max, two Teclo. I was the one dash. So like no way was I supposed to be the O3. Like no freaking way. And yet I really felt like it was coming. Uh, but Yanji and I play our game, and I do win. So that reinvigorated me a bit because he gave me a bit of a pep talk of like, hey, look, man, you're still live. Like, reel it back in. You know, you're just, you never have to draft Bright Lights again. You know, get over it. Get over it. Just lock in your CC wins. And boy, did I. Because then, uh, for to wrap up the last four rounds of CC, because this event was like so freaking long, I had to win out. And I did. I rolled through a Katsu, an OG dash, uh, like just... It was Matt McInnes. He was on like actual boost plan, so just fatigued him out. Uh, and then a, another Katsu, this time another team kill. It was Naib. So I took him down. Uh, he just sideboarded off just the, the worst possible into me. He brought in reinforced line and a race face. It was just not much of a game. And then into my win and in round 14 versus the undefeated player from day one, Cody Reddy, on Dromai. And he wins the die roll, puts me going first. I pass the turn. He decides to Seekers, and I have a hand that can at least throw six, and I'm like, you know what? I'll try to punish. Maybe he gives me a bunch of two blocks because he already activated Seekers. I throw, like, my Slithering or whatever it was, 
Um, and then he ends up using Fate Foreseen and activating Furnace. I'm like, well, oh my god, like this game's already looking so bad. He has uh, filtered his entire hand with like two ops now with Seekers and Fate. Uh, he's got two Ash on board. My Arsenal's not super strong. And then his turn one, he gold into Tomes into Tomaltize, hits my Scab Skins. So I'm tilted out of my mind at that point. I'm just sitting there like, this is my winning in, and I don't get to play the game. This is unreal. Uh, I know but, how that feels. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that was probably worse because it was Pat on your end. This was just not to call Cody some random, but like I didn't owe him anything, you know? Uh, and so I'm sitting there and just at least I can pop the Tomaltai, right? And so that's at least passable. And my turn uh, ends up being a bit of like a YOLO tear limp from limb play. Um, because I'm not on like a full hand, it's like only three cards. Uh, but I end up hitting swing big, or rather getting a swing big off. So there we go. Like my first real turn is 16 damage, and that actually set the bar for like the next six turns or so, never dropping below 15 damage. I just had insane draws after that first like awful start to the game. That I mean, it was like not even blood rushes. It was it was like three wired art of wars. It was uh, tear limb from limbs. It was two blood rushes in particular. I got him down to five life before he developed a single dragon, right? And then the turn he finally develops a Chromai passing. My, my hand is like all blues anyway, so I throw a blue dread screamer into Chromai, claw the passing, and just move on. And then we kind of play like a mid-range game until I finally close with the last blood rush. So, holy moly. Like, if I, you know, I can't even call that game like, uh, that's a different axis of luck, right? Or uh, that, that's not Scabskins carrying at all. I didn't have him. They were gone. It was just like the actual highs of all the busted enablers in that deck. Spoiled Skull in particular was an all-star in that matchup because I had played a pulping turn, slammed this poor guy for like pulping, claw, claw, six, and then Spoiled Skull got the pulping right back. Pulping, claw, claw, attack. Like it was just, oh, it was so nonstop. I, I felt, yeah, there's nothing he could do. Nothing he could do. Um, and then that locked me in for top eight. Leviah, seventh well. seed. You didn't think you were locked. I remember oh, after the true. last round, I walk up to you and I'm like, because going into that round, you were like, this is a sure win and in, like, you know, I win and in. And then I walk up to you and you just have this like look of dread on your face. And I'm like, oh my God, you lost. And you're like, no, I won. And everyone keeps telling me I made top eight, but I don't think that's right at all. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Like, he's like, I think my breakers are garbage. I know I'm going to get ninth. I'm locked for ninth. There's just no chance. Yeah. I walk back. I play my 10K game. And we're listening, like, on the overhead. And it's like, seventh place, Ethan Vincent. I'm like, what is this dude talking about? Like, <laughs> well, he's fine. Well, dude, the, the math the and math the celebrations weird. begin. Well, look, it, it got weird because, like, people were telling me not all X-Force make it. And so that spiraled me into, like, the, oh, well, my breakers are bad. But then some people were like, no, it was a 32 cut. So, like, it's going to be clean. Every X-4 makes it. Then some people were like, oh, but there were all these draws. And there was the five-man pod uh, in, like, the drafted day two. Like, now it's, like, you know, not all of them make it. And just everyone was telling me a different thing. And I was already just, like, such a mix of emotions from just the, the tumultuous rollercoaster that is playing Leviathan. That I just I decided to settle on like low the low expectation end. You just, just like, decided I, to completely doom and <laughs> yeah, it was like you know what like I'm just not top eight. I'm just not gonna s pretend that that's the reality unless it like actually happens. And then of course it actually happened. So so, so that was yeah. that was the high, right? That is such an awesome uh, feeling though when like you think you're dead and you think it's like low percenter and then you hear your name at the end. Yeah, that might that might have so happened good. to a certain other individual at a recent tournament. Yes, yes. <laughs> Except you were convinced I was locked. 
I did. I did tell you. I did tell you you were locked. But. Yeah, I didn't believe that. Yeah, I just like walk up to Dan, like, "Hey, you're locked." He's like, "No, I'm not." <laughs> just, just don't, just don't give me the home. Believe me, I can't take it if it's not true. Dude, I was scrambling. I was scrambling. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, but then, uh, speaking of a good time, the night just ended up getting better because, as we found out, my round one opponent is Michael Hamilton. And uh, not to say I have beef with Michael Hamilton, but I, I, I have this like, uh, just there's all this pain that I've internalized from when I was just a, a youngster who walked up to him at Pro Tour Lille when he was on Old Him and I was on Levi. And I was like, hey, Michael, this matchup's really good for me. I'd love to like play it with you sometime, uh, you know, so I can like show you how good Levi is, you know, hardy hard. And he goes, okay. And we end up playing in a lobby and he beats me like 6-0. It's just like the most horrible game <laughs> of my life. And he was trying to be so nice about it. And he's like, uh, you, you know, very value oriented. So he, he's like, that was a good nine point turn cycle. Good, good job, Leviah. Uh, but, you know, couldn't actually put together any kind words to say because like the deck was just so bad back then. And I was self-destructing on like just all these different fronts. Uh, but I had gone into it thinking I was going to like, you know, smoke him. Uh, because I had been beating all these like local old hymns and, you know, he was the Michael Hamilton. Um, so I, I, you know, I had an itch to scratch in that regard. I wanted some redemption. Uh, I wanted to come back with a vengeance and beat a lesser guardian, Bravo, with new Leviah. Um, see that? And uh, so we practiced the matchup at home that night and felt really good about it. I really felt like almost uh, regardless of any way he decided to play the matchup, it was going to be favorable for me. So then day of in top eight were the third match to go on camera. Uh, and it was an incredible game. Like truly that game being on camera showed not how easy Leviah has it. You know, that game was not a stomp by any means, even though I would say it's like a good matchup. But it showed what a horrible start, what like one of the worst starts of manageable, uh, what it takes to kind of overcome that and still understand like where Leviah has angles to win and attack the game. And then also restraint where when you have momentum, how do you not lose the game? Because there were a lot of moments where I could absolutely have just said, oh, I have Blessed Put out. I'm going to roll scabs every turn. But I actually lose to a double one <clears throat> on like so many of these scenarios. So I just wouldn't roll. Even though it, it looked hot in moments, I was only rolling if it was like truly uh, still a favorable scenario regardless of the outcome. Even a double one versus the restraint required to like not you know risk it so i thought that game was fantastic really came out um to be a good a good showing on camera uh, a lot of highs michael hamilton lucky soul he rolled like six sixes or like four sixes for me i also did roll a one uh but re-rolled it into a four which was a fantastic way to close the match uh and he was just such a pleasure to play against so it ended up being yeah one of the highlights of my fab career is just like that game on camera it was awesome uh then i got to play brody in top four and that game, I, I love playing against Brody. I, I enjoy it when it's not in tournament because there's banter involved and like we really get to like pick each other's brain. In tournament, he is a bit of a different beast, as we all know. Um, but really? regardless, I, I still do enjoy like playing matches with Brody. I feel like I learn a lot. And then this match in particular, he kind of went into it saying, I want to talk to you regardless of how the match goes about every decision I'm about to make because I don't know this matchup at all and I'm going to like have to figure it out on the fly. And so, you know, I'm in. Like, I, I, I love those kind of experiences with high-level players. So we play our game 
And uh, sure enough, he's in the tank like literally every turn. And he even warns me uh, in situations where I'm like full passing. Um, I'm like, can I just draw up my hands or are you going to do anything? He goes, I, I just want to look at my hand before you pass. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, you know, we're just going to take every moment here. So it ends up being a bit of a slow game. Um, but <clears throat> I don't take my time in a very critical turn cycle where I kind of miss the uh, just the potential for like what's worst case next turn worst case next turn in this particular moment was getting hit by red in the ledger so i take a turn currently that does not play around that kind of like worst case next uh, outcome next turn um where i basically end up iping myself because i trapped my arsenal on a boneyard that i could have played and then if i get with hit with red next turn there's no ip because i'm still blocking a card playing two cards resetting arsenal so I played a very tight value game up until that one turn. I kind of messed it up. Uh, and then sure enough, I pee myself because it is red next turn. And even though the game ends up looking pretty close, I felt like it was almost like impossible to recover from that moment. Uh, but it still looked like a good game on camera and uh, showed that Leviah is just, uh, oh my God, she, she can do some really cool things. Getting consumed off in the face <clears throat> of a sleep dart, like that just looked so cool playing around his rain rangers oh, yeah. that just looked I so cool like yeah i haven't gotten a chance to um to watch the game back did did he sleep dart you and then you you flipped on a turn where he vanished oh yeah oh yeah baby yeah that's uh, that's yeah. one of my favorite things doing in the past uh, back in lexi meta i would do that on the via people would say oh sleep darts great you take all this blood dead and then i'm like endless mall for nine flip the consume like go <laughs> really? yeah <laughs> i had a blood rush turn claw claw into hungering slaughter beast flip it, it was beautiful it's a beautiful Ooh. thing um, yeah. And uh, I actually, it was all because I baited him into forcing a rain with a scabs block. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas, I mean, you can just go back and watch it. We don't have to get into it. But it, it was yeah. a really, a really tight technical game from both of us. Other than like that one turn where I just didn't think of next turn cycle, uh, which is something that you know Brody is going through the matrix and like considering every play like that. And the one time that I did not was where he gets an advantage. Um, so hey. I, you know, it just fuels the fire. I'd love to play in more of these top cuts to that kind of extreme level of play. I think I can handle it. Uh, and I think Levi can handle it as well, which is really something. She just feels incredible in this meta. So, uh, yeah, it was just a great run, you know? Just made top yeah. four as freaking Levi. Uh, got second in the cosplay. Just had a lot of fun all weekend. Uh, just proving dadders wrong across the world. Getting to, like, play on stream instead of, like, being the streamer. Just so many highlights. It was good. I will say playing in top cuts at flesh and blood events are the most fun flesh and blood you will ever have. Yeah, you're oh, the yeah. most engaged. Oh, yeah. You're most in the moment. It is, it is my favorite thing about uh, playing flesh and blood is playing legitimately top eight games. Yeah. And I think everyone I've talked to who have played in top eight games, the same feeling. It's just, yeah. you're super locked in. You're, you're in the zone. You're fully engaged. And as soon as you're, you're done with your top eight, it's like, when can I play a top eight game, game again? Yeah. Is this such a special exactly. thing? Yeah. Yeah. So I will say my favorite part of watching Ethan's run was the second time that Hamilton rolled a six. And if you watch <laughs> the camera, uh, you hear there's like a little bit of shuffling in the background. And then Ethan just turns and starts having a conversation with obviously the judge that's sitting next to him because the judge just starts testing the tower uh right after the, the other sticks and i like sent you a message I was like hey was the judge like 
testing the tower right after the second six. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He started testing it, just kept failing rolls. And it's like, yeah, he's not Michael Hamilton. Hamilton rolls sixes, but <laughs> everyone else rolls ones. <laughs> yeah, they, they got a little cagey about that. You know, like, uh, brutes just can't have it nice, I guess. They think we're cheating or something. Uh, yeah, he tested the dice tower. He rolled a bunch of my dice as well. Uh, I'm like, dude, I rolled a double one this this event. You know, I only rolled like maybe one six the entire event. Like this is it's just dice. There's highs and lows. And my God, like Michael Hamlin is just a lucky son of a gun because he rolled four of them. Sometimes it happens, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, your other game on stream before that, you rolled, I think, no extra action points the entire game. No, I think it was like six rolls. I hit like once. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's just dice, you know. Yeah. But you have issued in the the dice tower meta. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw in chat, everyone's like, I'm buying a dice tower. I'm buying a dice tower. I'm buying it. Where can I buy that exact dice tower from? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, overall, great weekend. Uh, to wrap everything up, I'll just say, I'll just ask, what was everyone's favorite uh, thing from the weekend outside of playing the game? If you have any uh, favorite mm-hmm. moments or oh, everything. So. I know what Dan's answer is, but I'll, I'll, let him, I'll let him go. Am I first? Okay. I, I'm going to do a couple of them. I'm going to go really fast. Um, first, I have to shout out the Realm Games and Keith specifically. Like this event was so much fun. I think it was my most fun event of the year. Um, it just felt like the perfect way to close out the year. Like everyone grinded super hard for Worlds, and now we're just gathering back up to celebrate <laughs> this game we love, playing our jank Prism and Max decks, and competing against each other. Um, yeah, shout out to Realm. Event was awesome, well run. It felt amazing losing a twenty k and then immediately playing a ten k and then bubbling the ten k and immediately playing a five k. Can't beat that. Um, uh, I'm blanking on my moments. Um, the North Market was amazing. Such good food. I ate more ice cream <laughs> this weekend than I think the rest of the year combined. Um, they had this like crazy good pineapple upside down cake flavor. I'm never going to forget about it. Um, I'll go with my event highlight being I played a game against uh, Edward Knight, I think. Um, I think it's the first time we played each other. Um, but I was like, he was taking on something and I was like feeling lightheaded. So I grabbed a snack and then he passed. I was like, do you mind if I just eat this protein bar quick? And he's like, yeah, go for it. I'm actually pretty hungry too. I was like, oh, do you want one? And then we kind of replicated uh, Lucas and Brody's PTI top eight. <laughs> we like took, a, like he was presenting a pulverize when I clearly had my suit the next turn or I just made the suit um, and he has buckle in his deck. So it was like a pivotal moment of, am I going to block with my mech suit and risk getting buckled later? Or am I going to take this pulverize and give him another turn? I'm at like 16. Um, but yeah, we just have a, a nice little snack break. We hang out for a couple minutes. We chat about our careers, that kind of thing. Um, and then we proceed to finish the game. <laughs> Eating during a game is a, a special experience. Yeah, it, it was honestly very nice. It was, it was such a good break. Yeah. yeah, eating during a final smash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I I didn't, at least I didn't waste the caster's time, to be fair. We weren't on screen or anything. <laughs> Lucas, what about you? What do you got? Anything? Nothing? I mean, I agree with everything Dan said. Um, After doing all the prep that we did for Worlds and and being very, for lack of a better term, like sweaty and, you know, super hardcore with our our testing, it felt nice to, at least for me, lay back a little more and just play a hero that I enjoyed. Obviously, I still put work into it. It was still a 20k, but when I got there, the vibe was very casual for a 20k that has like you know a hundred some players in it um is actually one of the craziest events because you know you didn't have to have that good of a record compared to some other events to top eight and so it was like 
I don't, I really don't want to say it was easy to top eight because it was literally just like a hundred of the actual best players in the United States. But it was like an event that if you put a lot of work into you, it's very easy to get rewarded. And everybody was still just playing these like stupid janky decks and like just having fun. Um, like getting to see everybody in the US like playing really, really good quality games of Flesh and Blood uh, with all these different heroes that we hadn't seen before. And it felt like Flesh and Blood in like its truest form where the best players did the best. We saw, you know, specialists especially do well, like Ethan obviously playing Levi and finally getting rewarded when she's in a good spot and he just knows how to play her better than everybody else. So he gets rewarded. Um, and then getting to hang out with all the runaways. Um, obviously it was awesome all weekend getting to hang out with, with friends. Um, and then I also had a lot of fun during the team sealed event on Sunday. Um, I played with a uh, fellow teammate, Shane Martin, uh, and then a close friend of ours, Lucas Birch. Uh, we were all in the same hotel room, so we, we played together, and our, our whole idea was if we don't do well, we just get to go home because <laughs> we drove there together. Um, <clears throat> and then we ended up uh, actually doing very well. We, we lost in top four, but we, we got some invites to the 50K next year uh, as well as some cash. Um, so the event was awesome. Um, I had a lot of fun hanging out with friends. Going to North Market in Columbus was amazing. The food was, was very good. The ice cream in particular was amazing. Uh, and then, you know, getting to see a bunch of friends do well. I mean, the, the whole top eight of the 20K was literally just eight of my friends. <laughs> so getting to see them all do well and then, you know, getting to see Brody win and then, you know, Ethan top four and then even the 10K, just a bunch of people I knew and loved doing well. It was, it was pretty sweet. No, shut up, so Pat, I, I echo everything Dan mm-hmm. said where this was one of the best events, if not the best event of the year for me, mm-hmm. even though I didn't do well. Yeah. I think we also got to remember to congratulate. Uh, congrats to Brody on the 20K win. Michael Fang on the, the 10K win. Yeah. These guys yeah, they just trust this event as, as they do. Yeah. And uh, congrats to Fino for top eighting the 10K, as well yep. as Pat, who also mm-hmm. top eighted the 10K. Mm-hmm. And yep, then yep. I, three runaways over the two events in top eight. Not, not too shabby. Yeah. Four in the top 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 uh, Ethan, what about you? Anything special? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, just three three main highlights. First of all, I got to shout out the cosplay and uh, Sandra and my mother who helped with that. Uh, I don't know how to sew, so my mom had actually like come to visit for Thanksgiving and spent an extra day to help me make the tail for the Dread Screamer cosplay. And then Sandra helped transport it and bring it to me for the, you know, because I'm playing all day. And then the cosplay is like randomly at the end of the day, she drives in, like, you know, gets the cosplay straight to me uh, and then carried my tail like through the parking lot. I, Luckily, she didn't stand out as much because GalaxyCon was also going on, you know, so she blended in uh, carrying the suit around. But that was just a lot of fun uh, to participate with Flesh and Blood, like another uh, just that whole like celebration of the game just transcends the tabletop, right? There's also the cosplay. There's the uh, just like the dinners afterwards. And like that cosplay <coughs> group in particular was just really fun to engage with. It was Diana. It was Rachel uh, who showed up independently and then. Carolina and Elaine did a great job um, setting up uh, like the three floating guys, for example, all in gear as well. So it was just like a really great group to be proud of. I love the pictures that came out of that. And then there were two like kind of team moments as well that were really unique to me because sure, I've been part of the runaways since like the Nat season, but I was never really like the focus of a lot of the support because I wasn't the one doing really well. (laughs) But to see what the support is like when you are the one performing was really special. Uh, Like, you know, the night before the top eight, seeing how this whole team like rally drove out to the Airbnb uh, just to like run me through 
the Michael Hamilton game, study the deck list, talk through um, just anything he could be thinking of, and then counter to like give some give some choice words about Michael Hamilton's play style. <laughs> right, right. Well, like even even that, right? The the more people that are in the room, the more people can start to dissect like not just what a Bravo can do but what Michael Hamilton can do. And with the experience of everyone like having played against him and like all that was really, really special. Um, so I really, that was just a standout moment. Cause I think, you know, as a solo actor, like I just wouldn't have that. Not to say I wouldn't win without it. Uh, I do think that matchup is very good, but just, it was that extra level of insurance that let me sleep easy instead of like having nerves going into the day. Uh, and then there was the kind of turnaround moment where after draft, I was so down on myself going one, two, thinking like, man, I just suck at the game. I did everything right. I drafted my seat. Like I'm the one dash player. My deck is good. Brody said my deck is OP and I'm O2. Like what is wrong with me? And uh, Yanji gave me like a pep talk, pep talk that really like snapped me back into focus. Um, just more so around, it's not that I'm bad. It's that there are now just new angles in which I need to improve. Uh, and it's just like a constant cycle of not, just deterministically saying I'm like one way or another at the game, but uh, truly picking apart like why a loss happened, why, uh, you know, a play mistake was made. Um, and then just knowing that that's where I improve for next time, because there isn't that much to improve on. If I'm like just going to stick with Levi nonstop, I'm in theory hitting a plateau there. Um, and so rather than calling myself bad at draft and just attacking how to get better at draft on a different angle, um, was uh, was a really important part of my day. And it really just came down to Yanji highlighting that um, I just don't get to play in person a lot. And so a lot of my um, analysis for like gauging power level from different seats in a draft pod is lacking because playing online, you don't pair the way you're supposed to. You just kind of pair based on record. Whereas like in person, you could... Anyway, he just had... He's a good person, a good coach. Coach um, be coaching, yeah. And uh, I, I, it really turned me around. So shout out to him for that. And then, yeah, that just, it was a great weekend. Thanks to all the viewers as well out there, uh, not only listening to this, but also everyone who watched the stream, uh, because just going back and reliving the chat's experience is really fun. So I, I've enjoyed that quite a bit. Awesome. Cody, anything from your end? Uh, I did enjoy watching uh, Levia finally get up there and start taking people down. I was hanging out with my girlfriend. I'm sitting in the bed with my phone, and I'm like, I'm sorry, but I have to watch this game. Ethan is playing against Hamilton right now, and he's playing Levia, and I have to watch this game right now. And she's like, she like doesn't know what any of these terms are, but she's <laughs> like, she's just like excited for me because I'm like, yeah, this is one of my teammates. He hasn't ever, uh, he hasn't like topped with Levia, and it's like he's he's doing it against like the best player, you know, the the best player in the world. And she's like, that's cool. And I'm just like sitting here watching. I'm like cheering by myself, <laughs> sitting on the bed. Uh, it was great. Uh, so that was a fun weekend. I got to be the cheerleader. Uh, not not something I normally do, but uh, it was a fun we weekend watching watching all the guys. It's kind of fun, though, right? That was that was me for worlds. Yeah, it was definitely kind of fun. Uh, don't necessarily want to do it again. Want to be in there playing. Yeah. Uh, can't be letting the same people win all the time. We got to we got to get in there and uh, mix it up a little bit. But this has been great. Uh, thanks everyone for listening to our first podcast. But we have to go. Lucas needs to go to bed. He's a young boy, so we, we got to get yeah. out of here. Goodbye, everyone. Yeah, we're getting so long. Out of the Bye. Seven, but, uh, Bye. We could do here is go ahead and play the envelope. Uh, all three pitches of envelope and darkness.